Ashes. Let's uh, look at this ashes this morning. Amen. Praise God. If you have that, say amen. Thank you, God. Okay, verse 1. Let's look at this. Revelation 17, verse 1. There came one of the seven angels which had the seven vows and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that setteth upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication. And inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. Now I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast, full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand, full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. When I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. The angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carrieth her, which hath the seven heads and ten horns. The beast which thou sawest was, and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit, and go into perdition. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, when they behold the beast that was, and is not, and yet is. And here is the mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. And there are seven kings, five are fallen, one is, another is not yet come. And when he cometh, he must continue a short space. The beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth, and is of the seven, and goeth into perdition. The ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the lamb and the lamb shall overcome them. For he is Lord of lords and king of kings. And they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. And he saith unto me, the waters which thou sawest where the whore sitteth are peoples and multitudes, nations and tongues. And the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore and shall make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh, and burn her with fire. For God hath put it in their hearts to fulfill his will, and to agree, and to give their kingdom unto the beast, until the words of God shall be fulfilled. And the woman which thou sawest is that great city, which reigneth over the kings of the earth. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you today for your awesome word. Lord Jesus, we ask you to inspire us. We ask your word to go forth out hindrance, God, obstacles today. We give you all the praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. 
The importance of this passage is found in the fact that it will cause some of you to be saved. And also at the same time, it will cause some of you to suffer some real problems in the future, even possibly death. That is the importance of the passage that we're looking at today. That important, okay? Number one, the salvation of your souls, but number two, could create some very bad health issues, which means you end up could be dead as a result of having this knowledge. That is how critical understanding this passage is. For those of you who are here today, you are going to be thankful that you came. Because if you find yourself in the times of the tribulation period, which I believe we, sh we could possibly see, then you will come against and you will be fought against by a harlot Amen. that will kill many of the people of God because they refuse to give in to the lies that she is promoting. Okay? So that is the significance of this passage. In Revelation 17, the Bible talks about that one of the angels, the messengers, who had the seven vowels, we talked about the bowls of wrath last week, come forth. And the scripture says, he, he says to John, Come hither, I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. Number one, he says that this woman is a whore, a harlot. There's different ways to look at this passage. Babylon, she's called Mystery Babylon. One way to look at this passage is that Babylon, literal Babylon, modern day Iraq, will come back alive in the last days. And that modern Iraq in the last days will be destroyed by the Antichrist. That's a very strong possibility if you take this passage literally. But when you look at women in the Bible, women in the Bible primarily depict false religious systems or churches. So I'm going to bring to you this passage this morning from the understanding that this woman here who is a harlot is the wife of the devil. And that Revelation 19 shows you the wife or the bride of the Lamb. Because in Scripture, again, women speak to you of a church, either false or true church. I'm going to talk to you about this woman. And what you have in this particular passage is a coming together of world government along with world religion. Amen. That's going to be seen in the last days. And one of the messengers who had one of the bowls of wrath is the one who takes John into in vision form. I don't think this is literal. John is over on the Isle of Patmos. And he takes him in vision form in the spirit. And he shows him this scarlet colored beast. With a woman riding on the back of it. Galloping through the wilderness. And the Bible says here in chapter 17. That this woman riding on the back of the beast is called again a harlot. And she commits fornication with the kings of the earth. The Bible says, And the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. 
Now I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast full of the names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. So John is taken in the spirit into the wilderness where he is showed the wife of the devil. And he sees, if you can sort of maybe picture in your mind, this scarlet-colored beast galloping through the wilderness with this woman sitting on the back of it. He sees her in the wilderness, which is a dry, dead, desolate place. As far away from God as you can get. Whereas in Revelation, we're going to see the bride, the wife of the Lamb. Two times the Bible says, John was carried away in the Spirit. One time he's carried away in the Spirit here to see the devil's wife. And then the second time the Bible says he's carried away in the Spirit, he showed the wife of the Lamb. Only two times that's mentioned, being carried away in the Spirit. One to see the devil's wife, and one to see the, light, the wife of the Lamb. Are you with me? In this case, he's taken out in a place as far away from God as you can get. But when he showed the wife of the Lamb, he's taken and he showed a very high mountain. Which shows you that is as close to God as you can get. Okay? Are you with me up to this point? Now the Bible goes on and describes her. We have a name here to interpret who she is. The scripture says, And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon, the great, the mother of harlots, and the abominations of the earth. To identify her then... We have to, number one, determine what she thinks. And number two, we have to determine what she does. Okay? And so in her forehead, we have the identification given, Mystery Babylon, the mother of harlots. So that takes us all the way back to Babylon in the book of Genesis. Are y'all with me? Have you caught up with me so far? You have to go all the way back to Genesis 10 and 11 where you see a Babylonian system set up, where you have a man by the name of Nimrod, along with his wife, who is unnamed in Genesis 10 and 11. In Jeremiah chapter 7, she's called the Queen of Heaven. But history tells us her name was Semiramis. And it is there in Genesis 10 and 11 that Nimrod and Semiramis, his wife, seek to, to set up a world government under the control of a religious power. So that Nimrod is a picture of the world leader, a type of the Antichrist to come. And Semiramis is the type of the harlot church or one world religious system that will be set up. And their purpose and desire was to bring about a one world government with religious power controlling it. Okay? Nimrod, the founder of Babylon, this Babylonian system, okay, he died. I'm going to give you some facts, and it might be boring to you at first, but just, just soak it in, okay? This Babylonian world leader named Nimrod, who is a type of the Antichrist, he is a hunter, the Bible says. And he's not just hunting wild beasts, but he's hunting the souls of men. What he's trying to do is, he is, in Genesis 10 and 11, he's trying to deliver 
man from God to himself. Now, you'll remember the Tower of Babel, won't you? In the, in the book of Genesis 10, 11, there's a picture of the Tower of Babel. That's what I'm talking about right here. Okay. Now, Nimrod and his wife built this huge tower. And there they worshipped false gods. or They were involved in demonic worship. All right. Semiramis over the false religious system. Nimrod over the world government. And he'd go about hunting men's souls to seek to deliver them from God and bring them to himself. Nimrod is killed. It is believed historically that he was killed by a wild animal or a wild beast. Okay? And then what Semiramis, his wife, did, because she was pregnant with a child, she said that Nimrod died to save the world. Did you catch it? Nimrod died to save the world. And Semiramis claimed because she was pregnant at the time illegitimately. She claimed that Nimrod, her husband who was killed, entered into her womb inside of this boy baby that she was carrying. That when, it, when this boy was born, she later called Tammuz. And Tammuz was nothing more than, she said, Nimrod come back in the flesh. Or Nimrod, the God of the earth, the Savior of the world, come in human form. Do you understand? So it's a counterfeit to the truth that God himself would come in the form of a man and then die for the world and save the world. It's Satan's counterfeit. It's Satan's wife. It's the devil's wife. It's the devil's one girl world government. It's the devil's world religion. It's a counterfeit. But that's what she claimed. She claimed that Tammuz now is the savior of the world. And that Tammuz is the manifestation of the father Nimrod. Did y'all, are y'all with me up to this point? And so she called Tammuz now the savior of the world. God come in the flesh. And in order to become a part of this Babylonian system of religion that Semiramis set up, you had to go to a priest of Babylonia and confess to that priest in Babylonia. And when you did that, that made you a part of the false system. Are you with me here? And in this Babylonian false religious system under Nimrod, his wife Tammuz, and then uh, his, uh, his wife Semiramis, and then that boy Tammuz, they taught a multiplicity of gods. That there was not just one God, but there were more than one God. In fact, Nimrod is known as the God of a thousand names. So he's the one that comes along and he tries to do away with the oneness of God. Are you with me here? <laughs> praise God. Say praise the Lord if you understand what I'm trying to tell you. Okay. What they did was they got in all kinds of false religious practices. Baal worship. When you read about Baal worship in the Old Testament, even Israel got caught up in this Baal worship or this Nimrod worship. They mixed the truth with the lie of Nimrod and Semiramis. Baal worship. They claimed to worship the one true God of the Bible at the same time. 
allowed the false Baal worship to creep into them. In Ezekiel chapter 8, the Bible talks about that even Jerusalem or Israel wept for Tammuz. Okay, you with me here? It, Baal worship in the Old Testament is mystery Babylon in the New Testament. And this mother of harlots is nothing more than a counterfeit church that claims to be the wife of Jesus. But it's not the wife of Jesus. She's mystery Babylon. And she's the mother of harlots. She's the mother of all false religious systems that are in the world today. She claims to be the church. What is significant about this passage is that now God shows you an aspect of the church that was not yet known before. He shows you that his church, or so-called his church is going to be a counterfeit system that claims to be his church, but is not his church. She's a harlot. She's, she's departed from the truth. She's walked away from God. She's entered into a counterfeit. Do you understand? <laughs> the question then is, how did this Babylonian religion get into the church as we know it? Okay, you with me here? When Babylon fell, eventually the Babylonian priest moved from Babylon to Pergamos. And then from Pergamos, they moved to Rome. Yes, and these priests of Baal, they wore the hat of a fish god that they promoted called Dagon. And they were called priests, which means bridge builders. So these Babylonian priests moved to Pergamos, then to Rome. They wore these hats and said, we are the bridge builders to God. We are the priests. But they were nothing more than Babylonian priests in Rome. With me here? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. They called themselves pontiffs. They, watch this, they substituted for water baptism, immersion, they substituted for immersion, sprinkling. They forbid that anybody be baptized in Jesus' name, but that they be baptized in the titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Are you here? They substituted anointing of the Holy Ghost with oil. How did this come into the church? Because Constantine, 19 years after Constantine became the emperor in 325 AD, he set up a council called the Council of Nicaea, in which he said, by the way, Constantine was a worshiper of Baal. He was a worshiper of Nimrod. But in order to become the next pope, he embraced Christianity and he brought in his Babylonian system of belief into the church. And it became called the universal church or the Catholic church. And so that the priests today in the Catholic church are nothing more than Babylonian priests. This woman is called the daughter of Babylon. 
She is the offspring in the last days. She's the modern day daughter of Babylon. She is the offspring of that ancient false corrupt system that taught more than one God. That taught confession to a priest. That taught worship of a woman. That worshiped the queen of heaven. And this man brought all of this into the church and opened the doors and made it popular to be a Christian after a time of persecution so that everybody started coming to the church pagans and didn't matter what she believed. And in 325 AD, Constantine, through this Council of Nicaea, began what is known today as the doctrine of the Trinity. It is not biblical. I said it's not biblical. There's only one God. Jesus is God come in the flesh. He is the Savior of the world. But Constantine brought in the doctrine of the Trinity, brought in the, immers- or the sprinkling instead of immersion, oil instead of anointing of the Holy Ghost. Are y'all awake tonight? And so that how it, that's how it crept into the church. So this woman is a mystery. She appears, she acts like, and she talks like she's the church of the living God. In fact, she rides upon her vehicle is a scarlet colored beast, and scarlet is a picture of the blood. So she, on on the one hand, she's going to promote the blood, she's going to promote Jesus, but that's just a vehicle that she's riding upon. It's just the beast that she's riding upon, the world government that she rides upon, using a little bit of Jesus... So she'll be accepted as a church. But ultimately it's going to damn the souls of people. Are y'all with me at this point? So through Constantine then the universal church came into existence. We know today as the Catholic church. With all its pontiffs, its priests, you know, its bridge builders and all its false doctrines. With the, the fish heads of Dagon upon their heads, etc, etc. Confessing to them today makes you a part of their system. Alright, y'all with me up to this point? I pray that you are. She's a mystery. And the Bible says, let's read a little bit further here. It tells us that she's arrayed in verse 4 in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of the abominations and filthiness of her fornication. Upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon, the great, the mother of harlots, and the abominations of the earth. Now look at this. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to establish to you who this wife of Satan is, who this wife of the devil is. She's rooted in a Babylonian false religious system that is going to be in the last days that calls herself a church. Okay? Let me show you this here. If you'll look up here, I don't want to bring you something that you already know. I want to bring some things that you don't know about this. Amen. This right here is a coin that was minted around 71 A.D. All right? We're going to try to understand Revelation 17. Okay, I gave you a little bit of facts about it going back to Babylon. But let's just bring it up into the modern day and let's talk about Rome. This is a picture on the coin of Rome minted 71 A.D. All right? You understand? Hallelujah. Man, I need you to get with me here. Okay. It is believed that what John saw in Revelation 17 was 
what's on this coin right here? Depicted in art. So that when John teaches you about or showed Mystery Babylon, the mother of harlots, what he's actually seeing is artwork that was in existence in his day and then later on. Okay? So John was, he, he was shocked by what he saw. He was amazed by what he saw. But at the same time, it was something he understood. Because when he was alive receiving these visions, it was the Roman Empire that was in control. In fact, he was cast out in the Isle of Patmos around, uh, let me see, I say A.D. 71. Let me back up here and get the exact. Uh, an important key for understanding this, the static character of the vision of the whore and the beast of Revelation 17 may lie in a coin minted in A.D. 71 in the Roman province of Asia during the reign of Vespasian, A.D. 69 through 79. That's got, yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, y'all with me. I'm just going to make sure on my dates. John would have been very aware of this because he was cast on the Isle of Patmos around 95 AD. So when he gets this vision of this woman sitting on the back of a scarlet-colored beast, and he sees, you know, galloping through the wilderness, sees her name, Mystery Babylon, the mother of harlots, all right, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots, the abomination, all that. When he saw that, he understood the vision. Because a mystery is not something that cannot be known. I need you to get your head in this. I don't need you to be distrained. Get your head, please. It's vital. That's why I'm having such, so much difficulty here. Because the enemy doesn't want this to go forth. He doesn't want you to hear it. And he doesn't want me to bring it. There's opposition here right now. A mystery is, she's called mystery. But a mystery is not something that cannot be known. A mystery is a symbol. When you talk about a mystery in the Bible, you're talking about symbolism. She is a symbol of something. And John knew clearly what this symbol was. Now look at this. This is the picture of the emperor right here. Okay? Let me talk about this first. What you do, we want to start over here. We want to start down here at the bottom. Let's interpret all this writing on this coin. Okay? This is the face of the emperor, I-M-P, emperor. And then it says, Caesar, Vespasianus, and then A-V-G or A-U-G, Augustus. Okay? Then it comes around and it has P-M, which means Pontifus Maximus. So that the emperors of Rome were known as the Pontifus Maximus, or literally the greatest priest. They were over the school of the priest of Babylon. All right? The great priest over the school of the priest of Babylon. I hate to bore you. Are you here? And then TP after that. Tribunal power. It means tribunal power. And then after that you've got PP. Pator. Pator. Say Pator. Patre. 
which means father of the fatherland, or Peter Pator. Peter, when you talk about when the church says they are a, a, you know, rooted in Peter was their first pope, it is not the apostle Peter that was the first pope. It was Simon Magus, or he was known as Simon Patar. Okay, and that's Acts 8 and 9. You can read about him, how he tried to corrupt, bring false doctrine into the church. So then, this Caesar is known as Pontifus Maximus, the great priest over the school of the priests of Babylon. I'm talking about a Roman emperor here. He is over, he's a part of the uh, tribunal power. He is Pator, uh, let me get the right word on that. Pator, Petre, which means father of the fatherland, right here. You with me here? That is interesting. So he identifies himself with Pator. Okay, then we come around here, and then we've got another P right there. Let me get this one, see what the symbolism is here. Okay, no, I'm okay. Okay, look. All right, no, I'm all right. TP, tribunal power, and then PP, Pator. And then the other word is Patria. Okay, and then you go to the C, OS123. There we go. All right, that confused me to all those P's. The COS123, it speaks of what it means, consul for the third time. Okay? So then y'all understand the coin here. He is the emperor, Caesar. His name is Vespasianus. He is Augustus. He is Pontifus Maximus, the chief priest over the school of the, of the priest. He is TP, a part of the tribunal power. He is PP, Pator. This one gets me. Patria, father of the fatherland. COS, consulate for the third time. That is amazing to me. That in this artwork on this coin, you have depicted the very titles of Babylonian uh, teachings and things. Now, here's the important thing again. On the back side of the coin, Roma, she, say she, Roma, the false goddess, is seen sitting on the back side of that coin upon seven hills or upon seven mountains. Now, Revelation 17 says that she's sitting upon a scarlet-colored beast. Then it says she's sitting upon seven mountains. And then it says that she dwells among or sits upon many waters it is interesting that this false goddess Roma was sitting on the seven hills and as I studied this I found out that oftentimes that the Roman writers when making reference to Rome didn't just call Rome the city of seven hills but they called her the city of seven mountains and so Roma, this false goddess, this harlot, is sitting upon seven mountains, and it's on the backside of the emperor's coin. And by the way, I'm getting all of this. This is out of the a word biblical commentary on the book of Revelation. Now, this Roma, this false goddess, sitting on, the, on seven mountains or seven hills, has a sword in her hand. Okay? Over on this side right here, you have 
with her, watch, notice, she has her right foot placed over on the river Tiber. And right in front of her is supposed to be the false god of the river Tiber. River of Rome. You with me here? See her foot? And her foot's touching the waters. On the lower left bottom where she's seated, there is a she-wolf with two little baby wolves, Romulus and Remus, underneath her. And this she-wolf in the Roman language means a prostitute. So in order for you to understand what we're saying is that Babylonian false priest system of Nimrod, Semiramis, and then her son Tammuz moved to Rome. And when you read Mystery Babylon and you see her, the Bible says she's sitting upon seven mountains. She's riding upon a scarlet-colored beast, sitting upon rivers. This shows you that even in Rome, they have the very characteristics and artwork of exactly what John saw. Isn't that interesting? Now, she is called Roma, the false goddess Roma. In Rome, remember it says that her name, Mystery Babylon, so that her name is a mystery. And it's interesting to me that in history, the Roman Empire had mis names that were a mystery. They tried to keep secret who was the, the goddess, the name of the goddess that protected Rome. We know her name to be Roma, okay? But they tried to keep it a secret, a mystery. They also were known in a, a mystery name, Flora, F-L-O-R-A, -L -L Flora, was their hereditary name that was a mystery. And then they had a ritual name that was only used by Roman priests. And the ritual name that was used by Roman priests was Roma spelled backwards? Amor. And if you add a letter to it, Amora, love. But see, when John sees it, it's not love, praise God. In fact, Rome believes that they came from or descended from the God of love and goddess of love. And so her mystical name, her, her secret name, Roma, and then Flora, and then ritualistic Amora, was not true love, but it was a prostituted love. It was a counterfeit love. So in Revelation, we have the fact that her name is a mystery, and that is in Roman history. So that literally what, you, what is believed here that, that you are reading here in the book of Revelation is that you have an ekphrasis, ekphrasis, E-K-P-H-R-A-S-I-S, ekphrasis, which means a depiction of art that was in existence in the day that John received this vision from God so that he knew exactly who Mystery Babylon was, that we, she was connected to Rome. Isn't that interesting? That is very, very interesting to me. 
you have an S, and we're going to go through these verses. I'm going to show you some interesting things. You have an S on this side and, an, and a C on this side, and it's basically the, the Senate control of the Senate or the Senate Constitution. Okay, but notice these things. We've got the connection here with a, a, a world leader, a Roman leader, top of the Antichrist, and we've got a connection with a false goddess so that we have the, the Antichrist in type here and we have the false religion in type here in connection with Rome. So you can't miss this. Okay? So it moved from Babylon and it moved to Rome and Constantine embraced it and brought it into the church. Not really that difficult to, to understand. Go back to the book of Revelation, please. So the word biblical commentary brings out something very interesting. Now, as you turn back to the book of Revelation, let me explain to you this one thing, that this goddess was worshipped in Rome as the protector of Rome. Who is this goddess, Roma? Semiramis. This is none other than a goddess that has a different name, but it's Semiramis, the same one. Okay? And we know these Roman emperors were worshipped as gods. In fact, they declared that if you worship any other god but, you know, themselves, you'd be put to death. You'd have to offer incense to Caesar, and if you didn't, you'd be put to death. And that means the Christians could not do that, and many of them died because they would not worship this Antichrist. And this is Samaramus or Roma. All right, you got it? Now, the scripture tells us about this harlot here, this woman, this wife of the devil, that she sits upon many waters, and we find out in verse 15 what that is. He saith unto me, The waters which thou sawest where the horse sitteth are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. And what is the Roman Catholic Church called today? A sister came to me that right before church. It's called the Holy See. So she's seen sitting upon many waters, and so her influence, it shows you that this, it's not just a Roman religious system, but her influence is worldwide. Multitudes, nations, tongues. Okay. Verse 6, I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. When I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. So this, this false church system is going to be a persecutor of the true church. It has been in days past, and it will again in the future. So that what you will see, I believe, in your lifetime, you will see the Roman Catholic Church, instead of trying to bring back Protestant people back into her fold, by kindness and love, you will see them revert back to the way they did it before and they will force people to join their religious system. They will cause their so-called daughters to come back home. That's why she's called the mother of harlots. And so to identify them, we need to understand her thinking, what her doctrine was, and we need to understand what she did. 
She is doctrinally incorrect. And she is morally incorrect. And the daughters that she gives birth to. Come on. And the Roman Catholic Church today says themselves that the Protestant churches are nothing more than separated daughters. And they say the reason why these Protestant churches are nothing more than separated daughters is because they believe the same thing. They believe in the doctrine of the Trinity. So the Catholic Church says that. And they are in a quest this very day while you're sitting here to embrace Protestants to bring them back to the mother. So anybody, come on. She is the mother of harlots, which means she gave birth to offspring. Anybody that has her makeup and her characteristics is her daughter. That's why I'm telling you it's vital that you understand this. If you've got her makeup and you've got her characteristics, then you are a separated daughter. And you'll be forced to join her in days to come. And I'm going to tell you right now, Isaiah 47 prophesied that the daughters would go back to her. And then after the daughters go back to her, then, and I'm going to read it to you, then God would see that she would be destroyed. So her thinking, her doctrine, and her lifestyle. And then it's not just her, she's called the mother of harlots. Which means these other church systems that have the same makeup and the same, come on, the same doctrine, the same makeup and the same characteristics, doctrine and lifestyle are going to join her again. Say praise the Lord. I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And I don't just... Believe that this passage is talking about past persecution by this particular church system. You know history. I don't have to tell you history that the Roman Catholic Church persecuted uh, people who did not. After Constantine establishes the state religion, they persecuted anybody that did not go along with them. They put them to death and called them heretics. And they so-called have tried to apologize for that stuff in modern days, but that's a joke. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a part of anything doctrinally what they think or morally what they do that was involved in persecuting my brothers and my sisters who were baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't want anybody, I don't want to have anything to do with that. And I will stand up, and that's why I'm teaching you these things today. Because eventually you, my friend, are going to be the target of this harlot. And you will be branded as a heretic for not believing what they believe in their system. And eventually, according to this passage, there will be bloodshed. You will be martyred by this system forced to join now if you join that means that you have to agree that the Pope has all authority because you cannot join mama the mother church without stating and believing that the Pope has total authority 
Now hang with me here. I'm giving you a lot of foundation. But we're going to cut loose here in just a minute. But you need to understand what you're up against right now. Let's talk about some of the characteristics of her then and go back to this coin here. She's drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. When I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. And the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? Now look at this. And a great apostle like John, when he sees this counterfeit church, he wonders with great admiration. It just something comes on him. And the angel has to go and shake him and say, Why did you wonder? Why did you have admiration for that? I'm talking about a great apostle. It is a demonic system of religion. It's got demonic powers. It, it causes people to fall into stupors and blinds them. And anybody that drinks from her cup, the cup of deception and lies, will be destroyed by what is in that cup. And the Bible later calls it death that's in that cup. So if you drink out of her cup, you participate in her lies, it will, it's going to kill you. Because you're drinking sin and lies and death and deception into you. And John, when he saw her, he wondered with great admiration at the power and the wealth of this so-called church of Jesus Christ. Are you getting the point here? No wonder the world as a whole is blinded. They're blinded by this religious institution, by its power and by its wealth. They're in admiration to it. In fact, all world political leaders bow to the Pope when the Pope comes to their country. It is not the Pope that gets down and bows to them. It is those, world, those kings that commit fornication with him, that bow to him. He's got more power than President of the United States. He's got more power than Fidel Castro. He's got more power than any leader politically in the world today. Are you getting the point here? Now, the, t the Bible tells us about her. She has this ability to cause people to follow her. She has this people to, uh, ability to blind people, to deceive people with her lies and, and false doctrines that she teaches. And recently, when this Pope passed away, you know, Pope John Paul II, I think he was, when he passed away, look at all the world leaders that gathered there in the Vatican. Observing that funeral service. I'm going to tell you right now, if we don't wake up, it will become your funeral service. This is nothing to be nonchalant about. This is nothing to be passive about. This is nothing to be lukewarm about. This is nothing to be, you know, kind of distracted. I really don't care what you... You've got to get this because if you don't... The funeral that has just been participated by the world leaders and that Pope could be your funeral. That's how serious this is. So I'm telling you what you are hearing today is so radical. It will make the difference between your salvation and possibly your death. Oh, yeah. 
This present Pope, I'm just going to go with it. This present Pope right now, Benedict, that took the place of this other Pope, Ratzinger's his name. Ratzinger believes that the church, the Catholic church, is the mother church. He stated it. He believes it. Okay? His whole drive is to get back the daughters of Protestantism back to the mother church. Number three, his next motivation stated is that he desires to bring the Jews into conversion. But not to conversion in Christianity, but to bring the Jews in conversion to Catholicism. That's his main drive and motivation. So you will see this Pope, unlike the previous Pope, be more fervent and more zealous in dealing with Jerusalem, in the politics of Jerusalem, and being involved in the events in Jerusalem like no Pope you have ever seen before because he wants to convert the Jews and bring you back home. And he's radical in his belief as, a, as, as Catholicism. He... Come on. His whole, one of his main goals is to try to promote his theology of Catholicism and condemns anything that doesn't agree with it. Just like in days of old. Hallelujah. And he is of German descent. German descent. Pope John Paul II was of Polish descent. Now we have a European, come on, a Roman, a Roman ruler in the Vatican a German in descent who was connected to Hitler and Nazism. In fact, he was alive, and I got an article in my office over there. He was alive when Pope Pius, Pope Pius was in compliance with Hitler. And when Hitler persecuted the Jews, even the Jews that were in Rome, when Hitler went and took them captive and put them in prison and then shipped them off later to Auschwitz to be gassed in those chambers. Pope Pius let it happen underneath his nose. He was in compliance with Hitler when the Jews were persecuted there. And this very man Ratzinger was in connection with uh, the Nazi party and now he's the new Pope. Do you understand these things? Give God some praise. The Vatican has connections with the persecution of the Jews. And Ratzinger specifically in his German origin. You know when Hitler rose to power, that not just Catholicism was behind Hitler in compliance with Hitler, but Protestant pastors by the hundreds. Join themselves with Hitler. So I'm going to tell you something. Those of you who think I'm beating up on the Catholic Church this morning, I'm telling you she is the mother of harlots. And the Protestants are going to go back home to mama in the last day church. You mark it down. It's happening right now. So I'm not just picking on Catholicism. I'm, I'm speaking to the Protestant today too. Because the Protestant still has the same make, makeup and the same characteristic as the Roman Catholic Church. And in her mind, you're nothing but a separated brother. Praise God. They have a desire to get you back. And guess what? A lot of people, in Hitler's day, not just Catholicism was with him, but in Hitler's day, hundreds of pastors, Protestant pastors, 
promoted him and was behind his, his ideology. In fact, let me just give you an idea. You know Germany claimed to be a Christian nation? Unlike, I mean, there were other nations that claimed to be Christian nation, but Germany in the days of Hitler was the nation of all nations that claimed to be Christian. And these Protestant pastors backed him up. And any Protestant pastor that did not back him up was put in prison. And when the soldiers of Germany went to war, when they went into battle, those German soldiers had on their belt buckles, God is with us. So it was all done in the name of Christianity. And I'm telling you, what was done in Babylon moved into Rome. Rome, same ideology. German ideology. Now we got a German pope here. Do you understand? And the Bible talks about his connection with the Antichrist, and we'll talk about that in just a little bit, okay? But I'm telling you, you're seeing the, the stage set up right now. Isaiah 47. Let's go there. Let me show you something. And I know for some of you this is new and it's hard for you to swallow, but man, it's the truth. Isaiah 47. <clears throat> I'm going to tell you, if you don't believe that people are involved in these systems, either Protestant or otherwise, even Catholicism or Protestantism, if you don't think they're in a stupor, you try to bring them the truth. You try to show them the truth. They are blinded. They are just stupid. They've been drinking from that cup, man. They got the same character, the same makeup she's got. Because they are daughters of hers. Isaiah 47. Now, this is interesting to me that when the Bible says John was taken by the Spirit into the wilderness. And he saw that woman riding on the back of that scarlet colored beast as that beast was going through the wilderness. Let me tell you how you can know if you're in the right church. Are you taken by the Spirit? Are you full of the Holy Ghost and power? Because John, when he saw the counterfeit, when he saw the false, John was the opposite of that. A man taken by the Spirit, a man anointed by its power, and that's how you know if you're in the right church. Are you anointed this morning? Do you have the Spirit of God? Or, listen, listen, Pentecostal, have you come under the stupor of the religious system? Are you blind by it? Have you lost your anointed? Do you have her makeup? Do you have her characteristics? Do you have a mere profession of faith? But are unfaithful and uncommitted to your lamb, to your husband. Are you, let me ask you Pentecostals, are you committing fornication with the kings of the earth? Are you committing fornication with the 18 kings of the flesh? Are you faithful to your husband? Or are you also in a stupor? Have you been drinking from a cup that makes you drunk with her doctrine? I'm asking you this morning, where are we today? Because that apostle prophet was taken by the Spirit. But even he, man, when he saw it, kind of fell in it. Can happen to anybody here. And you better wake up. You better shake yourself. I'm telling you. Isaiah 47. We'll look at this prophecy here. 
And all those heads of state went to that funeral. Millions of people in Vatican Square. And then billions of people watching it by television. Caught up in it. When the new Pope come and stand you know, out there and publicly display himself, there were millions of people there. Do you understand the power of this thing? Well, I got news for you. You better have power. Watch this. Here you go. 47.1. I'll go back. I'm just, man, I just got to go here. 47.1. Come down and sit in dust, O virgin daughter of Babylon. So now she's called a daughter of Babylon, which means she is the offspring of a Babylonian system. You with me here? Did you get the point? See, now we're just not talking about old ancient Babylon and Semiramis and Nimrod and Tammuz and their false church system and their one world government. Now we're talking about the offspring of this. She's called the daughter of Babylon. Watch. Oh, virgin daughter of Babylon, sit on the ground. There is... No throne, O daughter of the Chaldeans, for thou shalt no more be called tender and delicate. Take the millstones and grind meal, uncover thy locks, make bare the leg, uncover the thigh, pass over the rivers. Thy nakedness shall be uncovered, yea, thy shame shall be seen. I will take vengeance, and I will meet thee as a man. Lord God, we need some let me tell you something just to throw this on the side. You can be a part of the bride of Christ and be a man as far as gender goes. And you can be a son in God's kingdom as a woman. Because it's not about a gender thing. It's about a spiritual thing. So I'm looking at some sons in this house that are gender-wise they are women. And I'm looking at a bride in this house that gender-wise are men. But we're talking about things in the spirit. Sit thou silent. Well, as, let, me, let me back up here. As for our Redeemer, the Lord of hosts is his name, the Holy One of Israel. Well, that Babylonian system goes around promoting a doctrine of a, a false doctrine of the Trinity. Three separate persons in the Godhead. That is a lie from hell. There's only one God. Manifest three ways. Jesus had a dual nature, spirit and man. So the emphasis here by God is I'm the Holy One of Israel. Yeah. Sit thou silent. Get thee into darkness, O daughter of the Chaldeans. Thou shalt no more be called the Lady of Kingdoms. Revelation 7 talks about the influence of that, of that harlot over the kings of the earth. The Lady of Kingdoms. Watch this. How was wroth with my people. I have polluted my inheritance and given them into thine hand. Thou didst show them no mercy upon the ancient hast thou very heavily laid thy yoke. Why did God do that? Because they were caught up in that system of religion, of multiplicity of gods, etc. Verse 7, And thou saidest, I shall be a lady forever. So that thou didst not lay these things to thy heart, neither didst remember the latter end of it. 
Therefore hear now this, thou that thou art given to pleasure, that dwellest carelessly, that's, come on somebody, we don't need no people dwelling carelessly. Thanks sister. That sayest in thy heart, I am none else beside me. I shall not sit as a widow, neither shall I know the loss of children, because I'm going to get them back. That is the prophecy here that shows you that Protestants will reunite with the Catholic Church in the last days in an apostate religious system. She said, I shall know, I won't know the loss of children. They're going back. I'm telling you, they're going back. He goes on and he says this, neither shall I know the loss of children. But these two things shall come to thee in a moment in one day. The loss of children and widowhood, they shall come upon thee in their perfection, full of the multitude of thy sorceries and for the great abundance of thy enchantments. He said, when he, watch. So now after the children go back to her, then God pronounces his judgment upon her. And the whole focus of the present Pope of German descent is to convert Jews to his religion and to bring the Protestants back home to mother. And I'm telling you that it's not going to be just a political thing where they invite you politically and you come over there and it's all nice and fun. There's going to come a time, either under this Pope or another Pope to come, it's going to get so radical they're going to persecute you if you don't agree with them, just like they did before. That's what Revelation 17 says. So that's where we are right now, right where you sit. You have Protestantism beginning to rejoin and um, re-come in the presence of Catholicism. Are y'all awake? Okay, that's where we are right now. Hallelujah. Now, Revelation 17, let's go back over there and look at this real quick. He said, I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the, the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered. I'm going to tell you something, man. Since I stood up here this morning, I have been up against this spirit. I have fought this, this harlot spirit. See, and I'm not just some wacko dude, you know. I'm telling you the truth. I've been up against it. And it's in some of you, man, because you have been drinking of her cup. You are blind. You are drunk. You are in a stupor. You need to get full of the power of the Holy Ghost. You need to understand the warning of God to you. You need to understand what is at stake. That this is either the salvation of your soul and possibly the death of your body. That you better know what you know and you better believe what you believe. See, we don't believe, we don't teach the doctrine of the Trinity here. We teach one God and that Jesus was God. We teach baptism in Jesus' name. Not the titles that Constantine embraced. We believe the anointing of the Holy Ghost, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, not just replace it with oil. Come on. And it's you kind of people that are going to be persecuted. So you better make sure where you stand. Now watch this. Okay, he says, The angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carrieth her, which hath the seven heads and ten horns. The beast that thou sawest was, he was alive. Talking about the Antichrist here. He was alive. Okay, he's alive, or he was alive. He was and is not. He died, assassinated. 
Got it? The Antichrist in the future evidently is going to be alive, was, and he's going to be assassinated, is not. And then the Bible says, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit, a counterfeit resurrection. Was, is not, shall ascend. How in the world do you do that? Well, Revelation 13 talks about he can receive a deadly wound. So evidently this, this Antichrist is going to be, what, alive? Then assassinated, and then ascending out of the bottomless pit. A false resurrection. And then the Bible says where he will end up. Man. He shall go into perdition. That's his destruction. Live, assassinated, false resurrection, and then final destruction of the Antichrist. Now, you can interpret that possibly different, and that's fine, okay? But let me just go on here. And the Bible says this, And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, when they behold the beast that was and is not and yet is. Here is mine that hath wisdom, the seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. There are seven kings, five are fallen, one is, the other is not yet come, and when he cometh he must continue a short space. The beast that was and is not even his, the eighth, and is of the seven, and goeth into perdition. The ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings which have received no kingdom as yet, received power as kings one hour with the beast. Are you with me here? These have one mind, they shall give their power and strength unto the beast. Now, I've already taught that to you. We went through Revelation 13 and taught that and this chapter in detail about the war and world government. So what we have here is a world religious system riding on the back of the world government. They are in unison together. Do you understand right now? But just for the sake of extra information, all right, we talked to you today about, uh, a few days, a few weeks ago, about the world government, the Antichrist, possibly being the um, uh, Prince uh, Charles of England. Okay? Now watch this. This is very, very interesting. Hallelujah. Prince Charles, if he indeed is going to be the political Antichrist to come then, he has to have some link with the face of the world. You with me here? The Bible says she's riding on the back of a beast, so she's connected with an antichrist. She's connected with a world leader. Do you understand? And this world leader is going to just use her and abuse her. She's a harlot. She sells that which is most valuable. She's got a price. She'll sell out what is most valuable to her. Hello, church. God. Are you, will you sell out what's most valuable to you? And that's who she is. Now watch. She is joined with this man. And he just uses her. The Antichrist uses her for his own pleasure. To promote his own government. And when he gets through with her, he's going to throw her. He's going to kill her and throw her to the side. You understand? Now, let me just talk to you about, we explained to you the seven heads, the ten horns, and all of that a few, few weeks ago. Two lessons in Revelation 13. I don't have time to do that again. But let me show you the religious connection with a European leader named Prince Charles. Did you hear what I said? A European leader. Prince Charles claims to be the leader over Christianity, over Islam, 
and over Judaism. He claims to be a leader over all of them. As a little boy, he was christened. As a little boy, with water out of the River Jordan. At age 16, he was converted to the Anglican Church, the Protestant Anglican Church, at 16. You understand? He is a very religious man. He claims to be a Christian, a part of the Anglican Church. If indeed he rises to power and sits upon the throne, then he, ha he will have absolute power over the Anglican Church. And he has already entered into steps to cause Roman Catholicism and the Anglican Church to come back together. Just like the Pope that we have now, Ratzinger, this man, Prince Charles, is actively involved in trying to bring his Anglican Church into a reconnection with the Roman Pope. In fact, he's taken mess with the Pope. Are you here? This man, Prince Charles, this man is involved in the occult. He is the Illuminate Garter member. He is the head over the garter. We talked about that a few weeks ago. He is an Illuminati member. He is over Freemasonry. Freemasonry has branches, Mormonism, Theosophy. He is over them. He is involved in the Illuminati. He's involved in the occult. He's involved in cults. Are you here? He claims to be a descendant of David. Feels that he's got a right to rule the throne of David and to be over the Jewish, come on, faith. And not only that, but his Islam connection, Muslim connection is this. He has already put his voice uh, for the building of mosque and temple. He believes Islam to be a valid faith. In fact, he has just uh, recently in times past has gone and began to take uh, ceremonial things that would allow him to become a Muslim. And when he becomes a Muslim, he wants to become the leader over it. And he wants to be called by a Muslim name, which means the guardian over faith. That's going to be his Muslim name, the guardian over faith. Not the guardian over the faith, the guardian over faiths, plural. He wants to be the protector and the guardian of all faiths of the world. He's an occultic over Freemasonry. And come on, claims to be a Christian, connected with the Pope, Romanism, and trying to become a Muslim right now. Do you understand this? In fact, he even gets his counsel from 12 Muslims. Are y'all awake? Amen. School. He went to a school that the founder of that school gave his soul to the devil in order to receive mysteries that's, that nobody knew about. He, made a, he entered into a league with the devil. And when Charles went to this Illuminati school, they called him, when he was in school, the guardian. The man who established it, I believe his name was Sir Robert, who established this particular school, this Illuminati school that he went to, 
when he sold his soul to the devil, gave his soul to the devil, he basically, he tried to create a round square type situation, a mathematical situation, to where he could elude the devil. Because he recognized that his time was about to come and he had given his soul to the devil. And so he tried to trick the devil, tried to evade the devil by creating some kind of round square. Now listen, when Prince Charles was made Prince of Wales, he was placed upon a round, a round slate and the dragon was in the center of it. And it's believed that Prince Charles has given his soul to the devil to understand mysteries. He is the boldest tempt of any man that's ever lived to fulfill the role of the Antichrist. And he's connected with all these religions of the world. Do you understand that? And when he was in that school, that Illuminati school, as a young man, they called him the guardian. Not only that, he, had, he was over it. He was in, in the student body. That student body, he was over that. And guess how many helpers he had? He had ten helpers. You think that's a coincidence? The Bible says the future of the is going to have, there's going to be ten kings that are going to be aligned with him, helping him. So I'm just telling you just one aspect of this, this possible leader from England coming up and, and being connected to this, possibly the Pope being the false prophet. It's, do you know that a man by the name of Benjamin Krim, how many of y'all ever heard of Benjamin Krim? Benjamin Krim was a promoter of a man by the name of Lord Maitreya. They, he claims that this man, Maitreya, is going to be the savior of the world. Okay? And depending on whatever religion you're a part of, he is the head of it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? To the Christian, he's Christ. Uh, you know, on and on it goes. And so he tried to pr promote this man by Lord Maitreya, but nobody's ever seen him except Benjamin Krim, maybe a few followers. But Benjamin Krim believes that, and he has stated that this man that he calls Lord Maitreya is in London. England. Although he has not revealed his name yet, Benjamin Krim says he's there. The New Agers, by the way, Prince Charles is in the New Age movement. He's a promoter of the New Age movement. The New Age movement believes that you can become God. And that's exactly what the Antichrist is going to claim to be, God. You understand what I'm trying to say? He's a part of the New Age movement movement hallelujah and the new age movement some of them today are not looking for the antichrist yet or for, for the christ to come but there are many of them that are looking for him to come right now and new agers that are looking for him to come state that he's in london so i'm telling you you're living in a time right now if you've ever been on fire for God, now's the time. If you've ever been full of the Holy Ghost, now's the time. If you've ever been in this Word, now's the time. Because you got it coming from all directions. So we see the world government and the false religious system connected here in this particular chapter. So just to give you an idea that there's a man right now, and by the way, I get that information out of Tim Cohen's book called The Antichrist and a Cup of Tea. You want more detail? It's, it's page after page after page of information. One last thing I want to share with you, though, is that I don't believe that this hearted is just Catholicism. I don't believe that it is just Protestant coming back to her. 
I believe it's the New Age movement. I believe it's all the occultism. I believe it's Freemasonry. I believe it's all religions of all worlds coming back together in the last days, including the charismatic. The charismatic church today. Now, I'm just going to get bold with you, man. But you go, you go over there, and I, and I have. You go over there, and you look at TBN. And TBN, it's herald is... The sinister beast, the dexter beast, you've got the lion, and you've got the unicorn, and you've got a crown at the top, and it derived its, it is believed it derived its heraldry from Britain. The same thing that, that is seen in Prince Charles' heraldry is seen in TBN's logo. In fact, in fact, are you here right now? Tim, go and talk to Paul Crouch, and this is in his book. He said, I want you, I would like to go on television, and I would like to teach these things to the world. And Paul Crouch says it doesn't fit in what our focus in ministry is. He said, you mean that this doesn't fit in? The revealing of the Antichrist fits into your ministry? He said, no. Let me tell you something about Paul Crouch and Jan Crouch. Do you know that they report... To the queen mother. When they, when they are going to go. And advance certain areas. Of, of, of They call ministry to the world. That they actually talk to the queen mother. About what they are going to do. So that the queen mother. And you know we got Prince Charles. Her son. They are connected. They are really the ones sitting above. This neo-Babylonian system. This new Babylonian system. And today Trinity Network. Has the very emblem. Of Babylon and Assyria. Now, I think we better wake up. Because if we're not careful, the oneness of God movement and the Jesus name movement are going to get swept up in this charisma call. And this psychology. And all this stuff that's going on. I'm telling you, I believe that the charismatic church is going to be the movement that brings in the Antichrist. And they're going to claim this is God. Look at that fire come down from heaven. That's Pentecost. That's power. That's anointing. That's And people are going to be deceived by miracle signs and wonders. In fact, if you don't walk in discernment and you don't walk in the spirit, you're going to be like John. You're going to fall under a stupor. And you will be deceived by it. How do you identify her? By her thinking. And by what she does. Her doctrine and her lifestyle. And very rarely do I ever hear anything on that charismatic uh, show. And I'm not, you know, they may be unwittingly, uh, dis, you know, joined with things they shouldn't be. They may be sincere about promoting Jesus to the world. And I'm not going to question their motive. But I'm telling you, unwittingly, they've connected themselves with a new Neo-Babylonian system. Very rare do I ever hear very powerful truth come over that place, over that network. I'm being honest with you. You hear psychobabble. You hear psychology. You hear, you know, things are going to pump people's egos up, you know, and make them feel good. But hardly, you won't ever hear anything like this. Very, very rare. And very rarely we ever have hear any of those preachers ever preach the truth in a way that is corrective. Because they're after the masses. They're after a following. And they're setting the church up. I'm telling you the truth. You don't have to believe me if you don't want to. 
That's, this is where I walk. I'm not asking you to walk where I walk, but this is where I walk. I don't let these people mess with my mind. I don't let them deceive me. Does that mean I'm never going to watch any of that program? I'm not saying that. I'm just telling you that unknowingly they are caught up in psychobabble. Did you hear what I said? Psychobabble. Psychology of confusion. Theological confusion. Okay? So if you watch it, just be on guard, man. Be aware. Be alert. That this harlot that's coming... Coming on the world scene is made up of all religions of the world. And I hate to tell you this, but there's going to be some Jesus name, one God, Holy Ghost filled people that are carnal and lukewarm that are going to take the mark. So let me just, let, let me just talk to all of us. They, they're going to take the mark. You know why? Because they're, they're, they're more concerned about protecting their flesh. And they will sell out for a temporary pr protection. They will, they will sell out, take the mark. I'm, t you, I'm telling you the truth, man. The Bible says in the last days, many will betray. So this is not the time to play games, man. You know, and I'm going to keep preaching it like I'm preaching it. Because I want real people around me. I don't want to get in the middle of the tribulation period and have some wacko person, you know, carnal, lukewarm, professing Pentecostal, Turn me into the government. So I just made up my mind a long time ago not to mess with you, not play games with you, and not compromise, just to tell it like it is. Because if you can't handle this, you won't handle that. And if you'll betray the church now, you'll betray the church then. So we might as well just lay it on the line right now and not play around with it. I learned, I learned a long time ago that if you soft compromise the word of God, the people you have are not real anyway. So I, I'm just not in that. I'm, I'm not in it. I'm not in it. Okay, Revelation 17. Let me close here. I'm out of time. I hope this has helped you. I would have liked to have preached this. I really would have liked to have preached this, but you put me in a teaching mode. You put me in a teaching mode. I tried to launch. You wouldn't let me launch. <laughs> you understand, do you? I'm, I'm, praise God. I'm not beating you up. I'm not mad at you. I love you. Praise the Lord. You know. I'm just telling you, I would have loved to have preached this. Revelation 17. Let's talk about it just a little bit. Bible says she's drunk with the blood of the saints. You remember that, that depiction I showed you real quickly? I don't have much time. In fact, I'm out of time. That depiction, uh, let this computer find it. This depiction of this woman here, Roma, this harlot sitting upon seven mountains. She's got a sword in her hand. She has been and will be a, a persecutor of Christians. And she has been and will be a persecutor of Jews. That's why she got a sword in her hand. Somebody says, well, she doesn't look like a harlot there. Well, she really doesn't, but underneath her right here, this she-wolf, the 
The word she-wolf in, in the Roman language speaks of a prostitute. So she is a prostitute. The Bible talks about a golden cup in this woman's hand. Are y'all with me here? It's full of death. It's full of deception. It's full of lies. And everybody that drinks from it are going to receive out of that cup death. Let me close. Connected with the Antichrist. Bible says, verse 14, These have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the Lamb. This church system, this harlot system I've been preaching to you about, and this world government system that we've been preaching to you about, is it's on a head-on collision with the Lamb. They are at war with Him. You let Him be preached in truth, and you will be persecuted. Because this system, whether it be Catholicism, Protestantism, Charismatic, or even Pentecostal, Freemasonry, whatever, Illuminati, whatever. It's all against the Christ. It's all against the Christ and God. And there's a head-on collision, man, that's going to take place. And when it does, who's going to win? But you know what? Jesus, when he comes back, he's going to set up the government of God. And all this false government stuff that's going on, and the false religious system stuff that's going on, he's going to destroy it. And set up his kingdom and his government. These have one mind shall give their power and strength to the beast. These shall make war with the lamb and the lamb shall overcome them. Hallelujah. See, the nations that are at war with the lamb of God are not communist nations only. But there are denominations at war with him. There are imaginations that are at war with him. They shall make war with them. The lamb shall overcome them. It's a head-on collision, man. And I'm not afraid to put it on camera. And I'm not afraid to send it to the world. In fact, let me just tell you right now. And y'all need to pray about this. I have on my desk at home, I have a folder. And there is a, a radio station. I don't know if we got on there how long we, they'd keep us on there. But there's a radio station right now that has large coverage, large coverage in the United States that wants us to get on radio. And I've talked to them. I said, do you censor the, the, the teachings? Do you censor the programming and things like that? They said, we don't do that. I said, do you censor pre-trib, post-trib teaching? No, we don't do that. They want us to get on radio. It's going to cost money. So y'all need to help me pray about this. I don't want to just step out there and be out there for a month and then have to pull it off because we don't have the finance. But you know what? I'm just going to tell you this. The will of God be done. I will say this. that we, This needs to go out. It needs to be taught. The world is deceived. The world is drinking the cup. You know, I wish I had time to show you the redemptive aspect of this. Every one of you got a woman in your head. Including me, I got a harlot sitting right here. Did you hear what I said? Every one of us have a harlot. 
Did that camera stop working? I'm not through. Every one of us got a harlot. David said, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. Every one of us have a harlot right now. But here's the good news. The harlot can receive the message. So even right now, here's the good news. If you've got a harlot ruling you right now, a harlot can receive the message. And there's going to be a lot of people who come out of that harlot and are going to come into the kingdom of God. I'm telling you right now. They're going to come out. They're going to believe the message because they receive the message. So if you're controlled by a harlot, the Bible says two women are grinding at the meal. The one shall be taken and the other shall be left. And the one that's taken is the whore. And the one that's left is the bride. And grinding at the mill is somebody who's getting the word, man. They're grinding it. They're, they're dissecting it. They're feeding on the word of God day after day after day. And as they do that, they receive the message that delivers them from that whore that sits in their... So this is large, but ultimately it will manifest in the physical. You know, what will we have here? We have, we have a harlot, an individual, you know, that, that grows into a crowd of people. Because let me show you what I'm talking about. Let me show you what I'm talking about. They shall make war with the lamb. The lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and king of kings. And they that are with him are called, chosen, and faithful. Not just called. Not just chosen, but faithful in contrast to the whore who is not faithful, who is a prostitute, prostituted God, prostituted the things of God to a political, economical whore. Are you with me here? Male whore, male kings, whoremongers. No, man, I'm going to tell it like it is. I don't care. I don't care, man. I, if I got 12 people that are disciples, that's all that matters. 12 people that are real. 12 people that are... He saith unto me, The waters that thou sawest where the whore sitteth are people, multitudes, nations, and tongues. So now we have a crowd of people with her mindset. We have a crowd of people with her characteristics and her makeup. The Bible. So we start with an individual mindset. The whore in your mind. And then that grows into a crowd of people with the same ideology. Have you ever noticed TBN? They got Catholic priests and everybody up there sitting up there. They're, oh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, we kind of overlook that, right? Or do we? I'm telling you, man. I've listened to I've listened to, to to news broadcasts, Larry King interviewing religious leaders of the day, and I've listened to some of the Catholic psychobabble, insane. Except everybody, you know. Well, hallelujah. That's pretty much the way Protestants is going, and even Pentecostalism. Are y'all awake? Head on collision, man. And the ten horns that thou sawest upon the beast, these shall hate the whore, and shall make her desolate and naked, 
and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. So now the political leader, the political one world government is going to destroy her when they get through with her. They used her and abused her and said, we don't need you anymore. And they will kill her. Why? Because God has put it in their hearts to fulfill his will. And to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast until the words of God shall be fulfilled. The woman which thou sawest is that great city which reigneth over the kings of the earth. So she's grown, man. She's grown. You know what? It is finished. Revelation 18, we're going to see the destruction of Babylon. We see, now here, watch this though. This is, this is unique. In this chapter, we have her, this Babylon destroyed by the kings of the earth. You with me here? God himself will destroy the political, economical Babylon. Amen? <laughs> but it's the kings of the earth that destroyed her. Thank you, God. Well, hallelujah. I don't know if you got much out of this, but let's stand. And Father God, we just come before you right now. We ask, Lord Jesus, that, that some measure of truth. God, I know it's been fragmented. I know it's been scattered out. I know there's been parts and pieces, Father. But I pray somehow that as your people begin to study on their own these things, that the fragments and the pieces and the parts will come together in their understanding as a whole. Give them a desire, God, to be at the millstone, grinding the mill for themselves, so that the harlot would be taken and the bride would be left. Lord Jesus, let us be full of the Holy Ghost and power. Let us recognize if we're a part of the true church of the living God, if we're a part of the Lamb, if we've taken the name of the bridegroom, we believe in your oneness, O oh God. We teach the new birth. We thank you, God, for spirit-filled people here today. People that have discernment, that will walk in discernment. Life or death. A message that means salvation and a message at the same time, death. We give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise in Jesus' name. God bless you. You are dismissed. We'll see you tonight in the name of the Lord. Thank you for coming this morning and hearing God's word. Hallelujah.